Welcome back to Daily Dose. It's me, Nick. Bob and I are passionate about a lot of things, including our families, the national songwriting treasure Lyle Lovett, and plastic pollution. Somehow we connect all of these things on this episode, because that's who we are, connectors. I'm doing the hand thing where I interlock my fingers to uh, denote connect. You can't see it. Enjoy. How did I learn the lyrics to songs when I was a teenager? I had a tape recorder. I would record it off the radio while it's playing if I could catch it. And that's playing the radio here with the recorder over here. It's not like I'm wiring them up and record it. And then I would rewind, play, rewind, play. But just this sentence so that I know what that sentence is. So that I could learn all the songs, the lyrics to my songs. How did you learn the lyrics to your songs? I listened to them a million times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just it. But you didn't... And then I wrote them down and then I looked at them and then I performed them as spoken word. Ah, not that. No, I'm just kidding. That was only one song. That was a Lyle Lovett song. Oh, what song? Uh, it's called Her First Mistake. Oh. Yeah. And it is incredible. I could probably pull most of it still. I haven't thought about it in a while or listened to it in a while. But lyrically... And storytelling wise, a hundred percent amazing song. I love it makes me cry, and he makes me cry. And I may have told you this story. My my niece Ruby, who I love, my brother John's daughter, just a super bright spirit and smart and studying to be a nurse. And um, is this the one that took the TikTok? Uh, no, that's Gracie Ann. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, she uh, yeah. So no, this is Ruby. Uh, and these kids have such cool names and uh, we're around a campfire in Maine and Lyle Lovett's song Horse on a Boat yeah. comes on and she stands up and she's like I love this song my dad loves this song and her dad is sitting right there next to me at the fire and the two of them just start singing this oh, song yeah. along with this and I mean I'm filling up with tears watching the, and it's a beautiful song and the thing is He's a beautiful lyricist. Oh, yeah. And I believe 100%. that I listened to her first mistake because you mentioned to me before and it made me cry. Yeah, it's you have like to really listen to it. It's so good. It's sad. And it's, but the thing is, he is really, how do you get that out of a story? You know, how do you, how do you evoke that kind of emotion in people? It's really, a, it's a powerful gift. When he's one of those people who can, like, there are certain songs that I like that I'm like, oh, I kind of wish I had written that. And there are songs from people like I Love It where I'm like, I'm so glad he wrote that. I'm so happy that that was written. Yeah. It didn't have to be me. I'm not jealous in some level. You received the gift, um, right? Yeah. And although yeah. it is, I do find, and I know you do too, um, there are certain things that, are created that you go, damn, I could have created that. Or or I did in my mind. I yep. had that I idea. Yeah. Another squeezable bottles for ketchup and salad dressing. Yep. That was my idea. I was a teenager. I was whacking a Heinz 57 on the 57 trying to get the ketchup out. And I'm like, why isn't this a squeeze bottle? Like my shampoo, you know? And, you know, someone if else If you're did just it. taking out that shampoo and put ketchup in that bottle... Be a Demo. <laughs> Demo. Well, you know something? They have the squeeze bottles like in the in the restaurants, right? The little red ones with the red the little tip and the yellow ones for the mustard with the tip that you could squirt out. Why, why are the manufacturers thinking that way? For shampoo now? Or are we going back no, to shampoo? For, no, no. <laughs> no, for uh, ketchup and mustard. Yeah, that's I mean we have that now. 
But you thought of it first. Yeah, but they did in the I 1950s. have the mayonnaise squirter one. In the 1950s, yeah. right? Happy days at the diner. They had the ketchup on the table and they had the mustard on the table. They used to squirt it in each other's faces. That's jokes and stuff every once in a while, right? Oh, accidentally squirted too much on. It was actually in the opening credits. Yeah. Um, they had that product then. Right. But I it see wasn't what you're manufactured in that product and put out there. Gotcha. They had to pour it out of a hard bottle into that squeeze bottle yeah. for the benefit of their people. Yeah. Somebody already knew it needed to be done. It needed to be in there from the get-go. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But glass was more readily available. Plastic was new. No one knew what it could do yet. Yeah. No one understood it. They were like, oh, we better make sure it's recyclable because everyone cared about the environment back then. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, man, we have eliminated the planet. We have, it's plastic is everywhere. Micro, well, look, look. microplastic. I, I mean, the idea that I'm going to eat some fish that has some plastic in it already just cuts out the middleman. The last time I took a dump, it was wrapped in saran wrap. This is not healthy. That's good. I mean, that's actually <laughs> yeah. a lot more hygienic. <laughs> this, is, this is the thing. It is getting into things. It's not, it's become so insidious that it's inside of us. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's everywhere and it's so small that we can no longer strain it out. So what's the long-term consequence of that stuff? And this has got to be a metaphor for something philosophical. Oh, for sure. Right? I mean, this is... I kind of think of it as, um, so from a capitalism perspective, yeah. right? Like this is, you're doing the front-end development and making all the money off of it. We could talk about the oil industry, yeah. for example. So you're pulling the oil out. You are turning it into, or someone else is turning it into gasoline. It's going into the cars. And then your hands are washed right after it comes out of the ground. Right. Right? Like, you're not part of the entire life cycle of your product. Yeah. You are done with it where you can make the most money off of it. Well, and that's a load of crap, quite frankly. That's compartmentalizing your role. It's like saying, you know, I, you know, I didn't, I only drilled halfway through the side of the boat. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, nobody's drowning from that halfway drilled through these rest of the guys. They actually made it out to the water. You know, it's like, Oh yeah, I jumped off the cliff and halfway down. I'm like, Hey, pretty good so far. Well, on a smaller scale, it's like a restaurant that decides we're not going to have garbage cans. Right. <laughs> a fast food restaurant does not gonna, <laughs> like you're responsible for doing your own garbage. It's, Actually, that sounds pretty cool because then it kind of reminds people what garbage is all about. But it's similar to that. That is interesting. It's that like, is... okay, and bring your own plates too while you're at it. Hi, gang. It's Bob. Though I really adore the idea of a restaurant that has you supply your own eating tools and take your trash and dirty dishes with you when you leave, I wouldn't eat at that restaurant. Here's why. If I want a good meal followed by washing my own dishes and taking out my own trash... I'll eat at home, where that happens pretty much every night, but without the car trip and the 20% tip. Still, I hope we find a way to get a grip on our use of plastic in the world before it gets an even stronger grip on us. That does it for this episode of Your Daily Dose. We'll catch you tomorrow.